Hello, welcome to the Healing of Emotional Wounds podcast series. This is Alan Mulhern. Today we will consider the alignment to the deep psyche in more detail, or the scan, which is the method I focus on. I'm going to break down the elements of the alignment process as I use it, and give you another case study so that you can further understand this empirically, rather than just theoretically. As mentioned already, all case studies are fictional and composites, but contain, I believe, the essence of the matter, rather than referring to any real character. In the previous podcast, I outlined the moments or stages of the scan process. That is the descent or alignment to the deep psyche. These were the following. Firstly, comprehension and containment. Secondly, the analysis. Thirdly, the alignment to the deep psyche. And fourthly, integration. We are exploring stage three, the alignment, which I suggest is a special contribution of Jungian depth psychotherapy, particularly on the manner of contacting the contents of the deep psyche and how to work with them. This was the dual question Jung posed in his essay, The Transcendent Function, that is the contacting and eliciting of the contents of the unconscious. The essence of the focusing awareness process, of which I gave a case study in the last podcast, consists of six moments in the so-called scan, I call it a scan because it is the capacity of inner awareness and indeed other parts of the psyche to become aware of where suffering is located and also to promote healing. These moments are, to remind you, expressing, stilling, awakening, locating, approaching and mobilising. These steps will now be explained in more detail. Expressing. The process of alignment, here called the scan, best begins by a direct, clear and honest expression of the emotional pain, which is not analysed but simply felt and expressed. Within the pain, or complex, is a truth, which can only be reached by expressing such pain directly and forcibly. To use the vocabulary of James Hillman, within the affliction is a complex, within the complex an archetype. The archetypal realm holds the healing potential, Within suffering lies the truth of its own healing. This process corresponds to what Jung implied by the immersion in the emotional complex, after which the transformative energy of the unconscious can be contacted. Stillness. The stilling process is the leaving aside of those aspects of mind in which planning, worrying, desiring, organising, assessing, filtering and judging are involved. The desire to understand and control must be put aside. The analytic style ends and the emotional, intuitive, synthetic, bringing together different parts, are freed. Thus the analytic and judging mind is on standby. It's not exactly switched off, it can be reactivated very quickly. But the normal functions of mind are given very little energy. This state is peaceful, but very alert to the inner world. This stage corresponds to what Jung meant by, quote, critical attention must be eliminated, unquote. This part of the scan is then akin to the meditation experience. Breathing techniques are used. Focusing on the in-breath and out-breath is a simple method. However, any method which stills the normal mind is useful. Awakening. The key to the scan is the awakening and maintenance of inner awareness. Francis Vaughan calls this type of awareness healing awareness. John Wellwood calls it unconditional presence. 
It has also been termed the witness state. This meditational state is one of an alert, yet initially non-focused awareness. It is often done with the eyes closed, sitting upright, but can also be done lying down. The task is to let this inner awareness be activated, and a reliable, fast way of doing this is by focusing on the breath. The normal conscious mind, having relaxed and receded, the process may begin. Just as the analysing mind has needed to retire, so too strong emotions such as fear or anger should not take over the inner awareness which has now developed. Breathing techniques, focusing on the in-breath and out-breath, are again valuable at this point. By returning to the breath, perhaps by encouragement of the therapist, the client regains calmness and so learns not to be overwhelmed by this inner powerful world of emotion. This is not the awareness of the normal mind that has been put on standby. Normal consciousness has been suspended, so another awareness can awaken. In this inner awareness, there is an absence of analysing judgment, filtering, avoidance, shame, guilt or anger. It is, ideally, pure inner awareness as a meditation. It has no agenda, theories or intellectualisms. It does not preconceive what this pain is or where it comes from. It simply experiences it in the present, as it is, uninterrupted. This state is one where awareness functions unimpeded by ego consciousness. Location of emotional suffering, next. With the eyes closed, the remaining senses become acute. Turning inwards, the client is now on the verge of approaching the inner world. The body can be thought of as a map of the unconscious, and within it lies any emotional pain, which is therefore registered in a symbolic or imaginal body, as it were. It is, nevertheless, felt as real, there in the body, such as love in the heart, excitement in the chest, fear in the stomach. Once the process begins of contacting and expressing such emotions, one can start to work directly with the unconscious. This first step is the honest encounter with emotional pain as it is felt in the body, not the conscious mind. Therefore, at this point, the therapist can ask the client where in her body she feels the emotional pain of which she has been talking. She may reply she feels it in her throat, chest, heart or stomach. An honest encounter with one's inner world is central to all psychotherapeutic endeavour. What distinguishes the method at this stage of the therapy is that it is done in an inner meditative state with ego consciousness largely suspended. Next, approach. This step is to approach and remain with this pain and one's inner awareness. By this time in the scan, awareness of the outer world has diminished considerably for the client. The inner reality, intensely experienced at this point, is the total focus. No one at this stage of the journey doubts the reality of what is felt and experienced. Before the scan, it was possible for the client to say, well, maybe I feel this, I'm not sure. But now, there is no doubt about real feelings. Next, mobilising. If the client can, with her awareness, stay with the pain in this honest encounter, then healing energies may be contacted and activated. Naturally, there are cases of trauma, for instance, when such catharsis is not available to the psyche and the deeper work may not take place. 
in which case an alternative therapeutic style needs to be used. However, when activated, these healing energies include the following possibilities. Firstly, cathartic feelings may be released by this contact between awareness and repressed emotion. This is an important first sign of healing, and its absence indicates that further progress may be difficult or impossible. Secondly, communication from the area of pain to the faculty of inner awareness of the nature of the pain, whence it arose, how the client has maintained this state of affairs, and the nature of resistances. This may be done in symbolic form and requires interpretation after the scan. Thirdly, the arousal of healing energy. This can be done from two sources. Firstly, from within the area of the emotional wound itself, providing it still has enough health and energy. Secondly, from another area of the deep psyche, for instance, the heart or the area of spiritual intuition, the brow chakra in Hindu rituals, which can heal emotional wounds in other parts of the psyche. Fourthly, an indication of the way forward. Frequently, healing intelligence shows the subject the way forward out of the present impasse, usually in symbolic form. This remarkable inner wisdom and healing force may now be released. This inner purposive intelligence is the same as in significant dreams. The difference is the immediacy of the process described here and the direct active participation of awareness in this process. Other therapists have described this process in comparable terms. Healing awareness has been described by Francis Vaughan as an available option for the therapist, which is, quote, a non-interfering attention that allows natural self-healing responses to take place and can be consciously cultivated, in her opinion, unquote. For her, it is an awareness especially identified with the higher self. John Wellwood outlines how the felt sense is a wider way our body holds or knows many aspects of a situation all at once, subverbally, holistically, intuitively. It is concretely felt in the body as a sense, something not yet clear or distinct. Following Gendlin, he refers to the type of awareness required as experiential focusing within the context of existential therapy, distinguishing this from mindfulness meditation within the context of Buddhist psychology. He highlights a four-part healing process, acknowledging, allowing, opening and entering, centred around the power of deep awareness in the psyche, very close and comparable to the process outlined earlier in this chapter that I described. To illustrate, there now follows a case study. Patricia, despair and inner love. Patricia, a social worker in her 40s, had suffered early abandonment trauma, leaving strong emotional wounds, preventing intimacy in later life. Not uncommon condition. Her personality was secluded and paranoid. She had a history of broken relationships, yet still wished to have a close relationship with a man. After one year's therapy, we stopped talking in our accustomed way, since she felt stuck. I suggested she lie on the couch, a position encouraging a more introspective daydream state. She had a background of spiritual practice and expressed a need for a different form of exploration of her problems, one avoiding mind work. On the couch, she was able to suspend this mind dominance and through the type of breathwork already mentioned, she entered into a deeper state. She talked of the emotional pain in her stomach, 
which had been there in some way all her life. With her inner awareness, she then went into a space which was full of awful pain and gruesome images. Now what? she asked despairingly. I admitted we had been to this emotional area before, to no avail since there had been no catharsis, which you remember is the first good omen or sign one looks for. However, she had always valued spiritual connection, so I asked her where she felt God was. She pointed straight to her heart with certainty. That's good, I felt, since locating feelings in the body is central to this work. Is that where you feel love? I asked. Yes, she replied. I reminded her of her recent series of dreams on love, so we could link up to them and reinforce this positive theme. The experience of this inner state deepened. Now you may do something simple, I suggested. Be aware of the two areas simultaneously, then let the heart approach your pain area. This took about ten minutes. The atmosphere became more peaceful and still. There was no need for further intervention at this point, since it was clear she was contacting her deeper psyche. On coming out of it, she remembered little, so we went over the experience, recovering the material, helping her to hold on to it. That is, integration. The essential steps of the journey can be observed as follows. First, preliminary work on the central complexes, a questioning of the ego structure and its defences, knowledge of her history and vulnerabilities, exploration of emotional states immediately below consciousness, assessment agreed and undertaken between psychotherapist and client, and a working alliance of trust. Secondly, a crisis point in which the ego was ready to give up its dominance, the suspension of the everyday conscious mind, the mobilising of inner awareness, imaginal bodywork, a meeting with the pain and its emotional expression. Thirdly, in this case, unlike that of Michael described in the previous podcast, there was no catharsis on contacting this emotional pain. Hence, there was no immediate access to healing energies. The pain and trauma were too great. Since she wished to continue, I encouraged the search for a new centre in the heart area where healing might be activated. Fourthly, the coming together of these two centres, the movement of the healing centre, the heart, towards and being in proximity to the other centre, the stomach, which contained the emotional pain. Five, the alleviation of emotional pain and some measure of healing taking place. And six, the later integration of this material allowing psychological gains to be consolidated. Healing and psychotherapy rarely takes place instantaneously. Once healing energies are mobilised, a difficult enough task in itself, there is usually a substantial period of integration required in order to consolidate long-term gains. However, the results of such experiences described above can include a considerable measure of healing, modification of complexes, an enhanced sense of self, greater feeling of authenticity, and the bettering of social and personal relationships. In the case of Patricia, the result over the next few weeks was a loosening of the shadow material, an alleviation of paranoia, a less defended position vis-à-vis a potential boyfriend, and a desire to repeat the experience of this encounter with her deeper psyche. For someone like Patricia, who had early traumas, the use of this method was possible because of her spiritual background, our solid relationship, 
and extensive work on her inner world. In addition, there is my intervention at a critical juncture, the suggestion of activating another healing centre, the heart. Chronic emotional pain in the lower stomach usually indicates primal insecurity, a failure or serious problems with the early attachment relationship. For this reason, it is important to find another area of the deep psyche which has the strength and healing properties to effect change in the area of primal insecurity. The psychotherapist's intervention is to help the natural but unactivated healing intelligence in the psyche. While short-term improvements in mood, diminution of suffering and the feelings of well-being can be remarkable, it is the long-term benefits that are most desired and require integration work. Both Michael and Patricia proved capable of really listening specifically to their pain as it expressed itself powerfully from their inner world. It was necessary to suspend normal everyday consciousness and especially the analytic mind in order to access these feelings directly. Within the complex of Michael's pain there was a light which became more powerful and was capable of changing his attitude, his relationship to the unconscious and eventually his life. In the case of Patricia, a similar pattern could be observed, a suspension of normal consciousness, listening to the inner world with an intense inner awareness, and an expression of the content of the painful complexes in a direct manner. In her case, it was necessary to look further in her psyche to find a source of light or healing to help the damaged parts of her psyche. In such cases, the personal healing experience of the therapist as well as the relationship to the client, are crucial to the journey. Most psychotherapists are trained in stage one, containment and understanding, and stage two, analysis of character. However, stage three, as explained here, is attempted less frequently. Moreover, the alignment process is paradoxical. It is both difficult and simple at the same time. It is difficult, if not impossible, to explain what inner awareness or the symbolic nature of the psyche means to someone who has no experience of this. One can't simply read about it and claim to understand it. One has to experience and work with it extensively. Yet, once activated, it is experienced as simplicity itself, without the complication of the conscious mind. I've outlined stage three of this psychotherapeutic journey, linking it to Jung's essay, The Transcendent Function, Sagioli's vision of psychosynthesis, as well as some key figures in the transpersonal tradition, such as Vaughan and Wellwood, illustrating how the use of awareness methods for accessing the unconscious may be used. Particular stress has been laid on the use of inner awareness, the ignition of the healing process, a meditative, experiential focusing technique, helping the ego to quieten and recede while contact is made with the deeper psyche. While this is the inner journey of the client, it is clear that the role of the therapist is central and to their relationship, I next turn in the following podcast. I hope you can join me then.